0: I also grew up in a, in a place where my mother, she worked at the same job for 35 years, 30, 35 years. So my mother was huge on like, don't disrespect people. Don't disrespect yeah. your manager, your boss, because you, you're you gonna get fired and you're, you can't lose your job. Like, why you know? And- the authority. There you go, the authority. Like, he has a right to talk to you like this. She has a right to talk to you. They have a right to pull your hair and like choo true. but I mean, stay there anyway, it doesn't matter. When I left that place that I went through that situation, where the manager had pulled my hair, my mother was mad at me. She was mad at me for leaving. She was calling me dramatic and this and that. Oh, it's not even a big deal. Like this, that. I'm like, okay, just because you went through whatever doesn't mean I got to put up with the ish. You know?
1: Mi gente was good. Dímelo, dímelo. Welcome to another episode of the As Podcast brought to you by Blural. Plural. You already know, on this podcast, our mission is to redefine professionalism. So every week we have a new guest join us for a very candid conversation around the conflict they've experienced between professionalism and authenticity. Speaking of guests, the clip that you heard in the intro is with this week's guest. Pedro Martinez. So he's a Dominican American who was raised in Washington Heights, New York. Raised by a single mother, he was actually the first in his family to graduate from college and then the first and only one in his family to work in tech. These days, he's a senior specialist of executive engagement at Salesforce. This episode comes at an interesting time because if you sign on to LinkedIn, your feed is probably flooded with new research from a partnership between Dove and LinkedIn. They launched a campaign hashtag black hair is professional with a goal to create more inclusive and equitable spaces for natural hairstyles. Because for the most part, there is a ton of discrimination, especially in workplaces. The study that they published found that black women's hair is 2.5 times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. And it's interesting if you see a lot of the pictures that are in your feed, or even when the conversation is had around policies of hair, it's typically focused on women. In this episode, you're going to hear a different perspective. Last thing before we get into the episode, the Crown Act. Crown is actually an acronym for Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair. And it's a California law which prohibits discrimination based on hairstyle and hair texture. From the research that I've seen starting in California, but is quickly expanding into other states. In an article from Glamour, at the federal level, there was a bill that now sits with the Senate where policymakers are aiming to make hair discrimination illegal in all 50 states if this bill is passed. This article was published on July 27th, 2022, and it states, That the Crown Act or the legislation has been signed into law in 18 out of 50 states. Let's see how long it'll take to get passed in all 50. For now, let's get into the episode so that you can get context around what hair discrimination looks like, but also the impact that it has on someone's work and their career. Let's jump into how we always do with the word authenticity. It's a buzzword. When you hear the word, though, what does it mean to you?
0: Let me start by saying that I I was watching someone um, that you interviewed recently, and I respectfully disagreed with the way she described or that person described authenticity, respectfully. And it was that it was kind of being yourself and knowing when to switch up. And I think my definition of it is like it's just being yourself. It's not even about being conscious about having to switch up. And I think it's extremely hard to do that, right? Because I do it. I switch up depending on who I'm talking to. And I hate that I do that, but that's just the reality. Like, that's how I was raised. That's how I was, you know, brought up. You know, you got to be careful with things you say around certain people. And I'm not going to just like go out and be super disrespectful to everyone, but I would love to be able to be myself around everyone. But I know that that's not the case. So authenticity to me means like being yourself around everybody even though, you know, it's not always possible.
1: I mean, I think that's the ideal. Yeah, Yeah. because even the little instance that you do switch up around other people, I mean, I've done it before. Like, there's a, like, little little cringe inside of me, but there's also, like, there's a mental exercise that you got to do that I think has to take a toll on us somehow, right? Because every time you then go see that person that you got to switch it up on, you're just like do I even want to see this person anymore? And it starts to yeah. take a toll on, on the relationship, which, listen, it may be your your family. And like, yeah. what if like the simplest way to improve that relationship is not even something that they're doing, it's something you're doing?
0: A hundred percent. And you know what? It's super interesting. I think when we talk about having to switch it up, we just talk about in the moment, meaning like if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you how I want to talk to you. I talk to someone else who may not look like me, who I think may not resonate with whatever. I may switch it up right there, but what about the just the general switch up? What about that morning, right? So say I know I'm gonna meet somebody who I'm kind of um, intimidated to meet. I'm switching up my hair. I'm switching up what I wear. Everything switches up. So it's not just my demeanor at that moment, right? right. which I think is, it like you, it's mental gymnastics to yourself and it, it is detrimental, man. There's, there's days that I'm like, I spent like an hour fixing right. my hair depending on who I'm about to meet that day. So it, it it's all encompassing, man. It's a major headache.
1: Oof. Well, well, Let's take a step back and think about growing up. What do you think your family taught you around how to show up? Because I think the early stages of assimilation isn't when we start working. I think that early stage like really starts at home. So tell me about kind of how some of the things you were taught about like how to show up.
0: Again, really good question. Um, <laughs> my mother. It, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a long story. I think I could spend a whole day here talking about this, but. I'm going to try to break it down. My mother was always on some, like, she switched up a lot. And I, I don't think she said it to me outright. Like, oh, you should act this way around this. Or, but, you know, like, it, the assimilation. Kind of watch, like, me watching it happen. Exactly. I My brain is like, oh, that's how I have to be around this person. Oh, that's how I have to be around that type of people. That, that type of person. So, Give me an example.
1: Think, like, what, what sort of unspoken things did you just see?
0: Something as simple as, like, my mother talking to her boss who was a, a white Jewish man. It, it, she even like calling out like the way she would switch up her professionalism just to call out. I'm like, you had to go that hard. Like it was, it was just you a to whole go that hard. different. Yeah. You had to go that hard just to call out. And I think it, just watching that, seeing that, and I'm like, okay. And then, you know, you, you grow up and you, and you start getting into the working world and you start to see, And I think you just it's second nature to you. You just start to kind of do exactly what you saw your mother doing or your father doing or grownups doing as you were growing up.
1: Did you even have conversations at at that time with your mom? Because I these days have conversations with my mom around like, Mom, you telling me like she denies the fact that she's ever been through something. It's so difficult. But I think it's because me, like coming from like a single mom, I think she tried to play like the strong person or like the masculine figure in my life where I'd be like, Mom, you telling me no one made fun of your accent? No one's ever said anything racist to you? And she'd be like, oh, well, it's just, it's part of, you know, they joke around, I joke around, it's part of the culture of work. Like, I'm like, yes, and it was traumatic, like, but she doesn't want to admit it. But did you, did you and your mom have that conversation around like, yeah, listen, I, I do this because I need to, I don't know.
0: I <laughs> uh, grew up single mother too here, so um, I, I know what it's like, but we never actually had the conversation, no. It was there was never sort of an acknowledgement to that, uh, and I'm I'm sure she went through a bunch of things. I didn't really see it, you know, personally outright, but I'm sure she went through a lot. And um, it, I, I think it was just her trying to have that mental toughness of like I'm a single mother, I got to raise this this man or whatever, this this kid. I guess she wasn't trying to really show weakness, but my mother was at the same job for thirty years, and you in know, interestingly enough, nobody looked like her at her job. So I'm sure she went through stuff.
1: So it sounded like language and like speaking was something that you picked up early on without actually being told. Like, what else did you pick up, either unspoken or spoken, like being told to you?
0: Oh man, uh, this one you you probably. I mean, you, you, are you Dominican? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you probably heard this a lot. Delo um, De lo malo, delo bueno. Delo oh, yeah. De malo, pelo bueno. I grew up. Let me tell you, something, I grew up with my family members. Not even kidding, telling me that I I I was adopted. That. They used to say I was found in the trash. Like, not even kidding. Like, mommy found you in the trash. ¿Y por qué? Porque tú tienes el pelo malo. That was the, and you know, in Dominican culture, and like, I'm the only one that has coarse hair in my family. Everybody else is like, fine, straight hair. And it's like, what? how did that, I don't even want to call it fine, straight hair. How did that happen? So there's a joke that goes around like that. So I was known as the pelo malo kid. And when I look at people who they consider to have pelo bueno, it was white people. So... That was spoken in a sense, and it wasn't like my mother was like, oh, lo blanquito, lo, la, 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 la gente blanca tiene pelo mejor que tú. But that was the kind, you know what I mean? Like, that was the implication. I always kept my hair low growing up because of that kind of subconscious, like, fear of, like, people saying, oh, pelo malo, pelo malo. Uh, I was
1: about to ask you that. I was like, you must always had like, a low caesar.
0: I <laughs> always had a low caesar. Always had a low caesar. I think maybe in my early 20s. I'm in my early, I'm in my mid-30s now. Let's say I'm 28. But in my early 20s was when I finally started like having the confidence to grow it out a bit, which we'll get to later on, I'm sure. But that's when I started being like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna grow out my hair a little bit, have a little curly fro, whatever, you know?
1: Let's get into that. Like, what what was that moment for you? Like, did you see someone that was rocking it? And you was like, yo, they look, they killing it.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, not even, man. I think, or maybe, I'm not sure. But I think it was just a lot of like, like, what am I doing? Am I going to really live my life kind of based on how other people perceive me? So I think for me, it was like, I want to have like a, a, a sort of higher, I don't know, amount of curly hair. So I wanted to, I, I remember using the sponge to like curl my hair, putting some gel on. And even at first, like people were like, oh, what are you doing? Cut your hair. And I didn't even have a lot of hair at the time. Like, oh, I soon as I said, baby, and this and that, like, why not? And but no, nah, I don't think, I don't know if there was any particular influence. It was more like just me wanting to be like, yo, like, let me just kind of do what I want to do. And and I would flip flop. So like, I would have curly hair, I'll let my hair grow out. And then after like just months of people being like, peto, or whatever, that, that shit looks ugly. I would have to, I would, I would cut my hair again. And then I'd have that moment where I'm like, let me regrow my hair. It, it was It's back and forth struggle. That actually still happens today, by the way. It
1: sounds like, you know, and just with you mixing in the, the Spanglish, it sounds like a lot of this feedback was coming from family, maybe friends. Oh, yeah. But, but in your 20s, as you referenced, that's a pivotal time for your career as well. So I'm wondering, were there any insecurities as you started working? Because you're receiving this feedback from your family who looks like you, but then you're going to work with people, I'm assuming, that don't look like you. So tell me about some of the emotions and feelings or even the thought process of... How I present my hair, even like in professional setting, in some of your early career.
0: Yeah, so like I said, I've always had a low Caesar because I think the 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 subconscious fear of like just everything I've always heard in my life. So Mm. I've always like you know what like yeah, I think my mother, my cousins, my friends, they're right. I should have a low Caesar. It looks more professional that way. And I remember this job I had maybe seven or eight years ago. I had a, a, a manager who doesn't look like me, and at that time i started growing out my hair a little bit so it was like a short curly fro and then my hair grows pretty fast so it just kept on kind of growing my hair because i wasn't i was sort of maintaining it in the sense that i'll get a shape up i was washing my hair but i wasn't really letting like i I wasn't doing much to the top so my hair started to naturally twist when when you don't like locks are basically knots that form when you don't really kind of straighten out your hair right and this, this person, I used to, this manager I, I worked under, he, like, not even kidding, he would pull my hair. Like, yo, cut your hair. My manager, physically touching me, telling me to cut my hair. And that, to me, was like, damn, again, my mother or the people who would say things, they were right. Like, people are not going to look at me as sort of like someone who's presentable if I have my hair like this. <laughs> so it'll, it'll come to that moment where I'm like, all right, let me cut my hair now, then, because... Look what I'm going through at work. Clearly, I'm the one that's wrong for letting my hair see. you like, all shocked. Um Clearly, I'm the one. I must be doing something wrong if even my manager is calling me out on my hair.
1: And doesn't that present, like, a different type of pressure? Because, oh, you man. know, let's face it. Latinos, they pick your biggest insecurity, and they'll make that your nickname. <laughs> Yo, go lo megaka. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I, I always yeah. tell people, like, who needs enemies when you got friends and families like this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nobody could tell me anything worse than what my family or friends have told me. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a different type of pressure when it starts affecting the bag. Like yeah, this yeah, is yeah, your yeah, livelihood. Yeah. This is your your future. Right.
0: So did it hit a little bit different when it happened at work? Oh, it hit very different because I'm non-confrontational. It's like I'm always I'm always big on like this is my job. I, you know I got to make money. I've always I've always worked since a young age, and I'm always like I need to provide for whatever, right? And as a matter of fact, at the time my my then, girl, who's not my, not my wife, was pregnant with, with our daughter, right? So for me, he's pulling, he's touching my hair. He's like, "Oh, cut your hair, cut your hair." What am I gonna do, right? Had it been somebody yeah. else, probably would have knocked him out. Yeah. But I, I'm like, I can't put myself in that position. So you gotta just gotta swallow it, hold it in, and then it's just like, what, like, but it, it was definitely hitting different. It was to the point where I was extremely stressed at that place. I actually quit that job. Um, and you know it's bad when you quit a job to stay jobless with a pregnant girl. Right? My girl's Whoa. pregnant. I was working. Wasn't even making that much money there, but it was something. It was holding us up. It was paying the rent. And I quit. I was like, "No, nah, I can't. I can't do this because I'm it's driving me crazy." Like that's how bad it was.
1: Did you tell anyone about that experience?
0: Other than like family and I don't even think I told my friends. Other than like my wife, probably some family members. One of my coworkers knew at the time because we used to work on the same shift. Um so he he would see it happening, but he he was Dominican too, but he was he, he, he had a low season, so I don't know, maybe with him it didn't really, but he would be like, damn, that's wild. You know, but it was one of those moments where it's like, whatever, es el de nosotros, what are we going to do? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm wondering sort of like what other times your authenticity was met with resistance in some of those early career moments, because at least from the outside looking in, it sounds like it was taking a toll on maybe your mental health, because t- to your point, like, pregnant wife to leave a job without another job i was like yo there had to be some other things that were just like this is too much for me
0: yeah it was a lot man i, w- I was definitely at like a breaking point where mm-hmm. like i said i was like i'm either gonna get arrested for, for hitting this dude or getting into a fight with him for a, whatever it was gonna be but i i even considered that i went at, at some point because imagine another grown man touching you right like just pulling your yeah. hair and telling you this and that 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 really that gets to you man and it wasn't like it was one time you know it happened on multiple occasions so and like I never I never opened like an HR case and and even then like I was so insecure about like is HR even going to believe me right like it's my word against his sort of I'm, I didn't want to even get my coworkers involved so I'm sure they weren't going to be witnesses I didn't I not want to put them in that position but yeah man it was it's, it's it was it, it was wild man it was it was really wild I um I I was there for what's crazy is I was there for like a year and it happened after like the third month and in the beginning I thought to myself like Like it was cool. I'm like he's joking. He's and that's just like my brain trying to like Mm -hmm. think of the positive. He's Mm -hmm. cool, whatever. And then it just it kept happening. It kept happening. And then I'm just like, nah, this this is wild. I gotta go.
1: As you started even thinking about your career, like, did you think of all right? Well, maybe this is just like one manager. Maybe it's a certain industry. Maybe I need to do this type of work or that type of work. Like, how did you even think about like what you wanted to do next? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, I thought initially it was just I'm like it has to be him. I don't like to group people together because I really believe that individuals are it 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 I, you can't just group people in, in you know in, in a bunch and say like this whole group of people is bad or whatever. I remember when I left there, I got another job somewhere else. When I got there, it was a huge staff and a lot of people again looked like me. My manager was was a white person, super nice guy, one of the best people I've ever met. And I started growing out my hair because I was comfortable what made you so
1: comfortable like going into that spot
0: man that's a great question i don't i don't i I can't even describe it i think it was more of like just the the person i was working under i think he he made all the difference because you know i think what what people don't really um say enough is like when i walk into a room like right now i walk into a room i don't i don't want a compliment on my hair right (laughs) because and like I appreciate the compliment. I think it's nice. It always comes from a good place. But I want to have, I feel like when you focus on, like if someone, if if I walk into a room and someone's like, oh, I love your hair. I love your braids. It looks really nice. I feel like that kind of becomes, for me, that becomes the focus now. So now I'm already already conscious about my hair. So now I'm, I'm like, oh, you see, exactly what I was thinking is exactly what's happening. They're focusing on my hair. So in my opinion, that now kind of diminishes anything in terms of like what they think about me. We're going to a room and they're probably like, oh, he's not at the same kind of level that I'm in, whether it's mentally or career wise or whatever the case is. And that could just be just me making that up. Maybe I am just
1: about to ask you that. I was like, have people told you that or is this just a story?
0: No one has said it, but I'll, 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 I'll kind of continue on my example Mm -hmm. In that other job where I started growing out my hair because I felt comfortable with the manager. Mm -hmm. And I remember I met someone at that place and that person offered me a job somewhere else. And I said, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to learn more, whatever. Long story short, I ended up getting this other job. Before I started at that new place, I asked this person, can I come to this place with my braids? The reason why I asked is because I grew up we talked about it in a place where that was considered unprofessional and all those things so I wanted to understand and that person said <laughs> that person was like i think braids are cool but does this person this evP this svp at this new place think that they're cool probably not so that continues to confirm what I tend to think in my head that people look at me in a certain way because I wear this type of hair and going into this new place I cut my i cut my hair at that point So I think there have been a bunch of moments in my life that have confirmed to me I'm not the one that's losing my mind here. People are focusing on my hair. My hair is a topic of conversation. Not in everyone's eyes. I can't put everyone in that show, but definitely a lot of people.
1: I tell myself a lot of stories in my head, but it's also based in some reality, right? It's in the reality of, Maybe a friend that was trying to do something very similar and something happened to them where I'm just like, well, this shit's definitely about to happen to me then. And it's fascinating, this idea of compliments, fascinated by this, because I just had an episode too with, with my boy who literally he was in meetings all day. And as soon as we started recording, he untucked his gold chain. And I was <laughs> like, wait, you had it tucked in the whole day. He was like, yo, I didn't even notice. But as soon as we started talking, he untucked it. And I was like, oh, shit. And we were talking about compliments, and I was, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, people actually compliment it all the time, but it feels weird for him because the compliments only go to him. The compliments—it's not like they are like—I'm making this up, but like, Becky, oh my God, your hair looks amazing, or like, oh my God, because Becky's wearing jewelry too. Becky, your, your your jewelry looks amazing. It's only compliments to I think people of color, and I think it's to like." Maybe it's a way for, for people to, like, say, like, I'm on your side kind of thing. But they don't yeah. realize that by them doing that, they're making us stand out in a room where we kind of don't want to sometimes. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean?
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: Like, if fucking aliens came down to Earth and you'd be like, wait, humans don't like compliments? Like, it's
0: hard to explain to somebody. You know what I mean? It is. It's really hard. And that's why I think <laughs> my opinions <laughs> stay away from it in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I- and for it, it sucks because I feel like I have to, and I've told many people this, I feel like at work especially, I have to tiptoe and dance around every single word that mm-hmm. I say to someone because I'm afraid it's going to be misconstrued. But I don't feel like people have that same energy. I've mm-hmm. had, I got, I got a hundred examples of like people saying things about me or my appearance. And I'm just like, really, you talk like this? Like, you don't fear like any kind, like nothing. I'll give you an example. I was, I sat in a room once with about, 60 people it was a virtual virtual call and as soon as i got on the call you, you you know on that like that sort of delay where like people are coming in the meeting and you're waiting and you're just chit-chatting everybody's whatever one of those shit. moments <laughs> yeah one of those moments and one person the, the the host of the meeting starts to come on and starts to say all right yeah let, let's start to break down the agenda one person said hold on hold on hold on before we <laughs> i have to lie this is funny before we start this, before we kick this off, can we just take a moment and acknowledge how cool Pedro's hair looks? Bro, this is like a 60-person meeting. And and again, I think it, it came from a good place. But yeah, it's you yeah. just said it, it's that unwanted attention. Like I don't I don't want that attention. And again, yeah. in my opinion, now it just diminishes a lot of things for me, like the way people view me. There's more importance on like my hair or my appearance versus accomplishments or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I think if I'm not mistaken, that day. I had a speaking role at that meeting and I felt like shit. I felt like shit because I just felt like, I don't know. I I, I can't, Again, it goes back to like, I can't even describe it.
1: Like how you shared the example of not only you feeling awkward in that Zoom meeting, but the impact that it had on your performance. Like as a result yeah. of that, maybe you didn't have the best presentation that you could have that day. And maybe you couldn't yeah. Maybe there was someone in that room that you could have made the craziest impression on that would have set you up for your next role. But something small to someone else was really big in that moment for you. This episode of the Quintuera's podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hacer has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to Hacer more. Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further, like Katia in Chasareta. To apply to the McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship, visit McDonald's.com/Hacer. That is H-A-C-E-R.
0: Yeah, and like at that point, like as you said, it impacted me to the point where I get more nervous. Now I'm speaking, and I'm thinking that all 59 other people on that call are just staring at my hair. Right, For, right and and it's something that you know it's one of those things where if you suffer from anxiety you start to feel anxious and you can't explain why right sometimes yeah. and it's one of those moments where it's like after he said it i started to feel anxious yeah and i was like fuck this is terrible so yeah man i think people have to realize the impact that it that it has on other people and i think people say things in my opinion without that consequence in their mind like how is that going to impact the other person i've said right in my opinion, innocent things to people and still apologize because it's not the way I feel about it. It's the way it may make them feel.
1: And I like what you said, too, about the intention, right? Because I, you know, I I mean, sometimes people are just idiots, but I think many times, like, people are well intentioned to say certain compliments and, you know, we don't know how someone else is going to receive it, right? Like, I've told my boys at work, like, yo, I'm like, yo, oh, fresh fade? Okay. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I mean, sometimes it has been in, like, the beginning of a meeting and all those kind of things. But I do think about some of those moments as I hear more stories of just like, oh, shit, I might have low-key ruined his day not even knowing it. You know what I mean? But it's this. And and that's why I want to have so many of these conversations. I think it's a moment to educate people and and let them know just how people are feeling um, throughout the day. Something, something interesting you said, too, you're just like, till this day, I'm thinking about every single word that I'm saying. And yeah. I'm fascinated by that because you have a ton of experience at this point. So not earlier in your career, you even have some like big tech names on your resume. Tell me why you still have that maybe doubt.
0: Yeah, it, it, and, and, and it's because of those comments that people have made to me. I'll give you a good one. There are times that I'm getting on calls with certain people. Right now, I'm wearing headphones. You can't see them because my hair covers them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you see this little band on your headphone? You have them as well. Everybody who has over here headphones has this band. What I do sometimes is that I'll fix them in a way that it pulls my hair back. Okay. So that the person doesn't think I have locks. And a lot of people really? who I work with know this. Yeah. And, and again, the reasoning is the the reasoning for that is because I've been on so many calls in my life or so many meetings where that is the, that is the point of attention. It's my hair. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at it is like, I'm gonna join this call, hide my hair so that it won't be that so that we can have a normal business conversation. Um, because that's what we're here to do, have a normal business Mm -hmm. conversation. When I hate to talk about my appearance and my beard, oh, that's another one, my beard and my hair, I'm not here for that. I'm here to talk to you like a human being, and let's acknowledge each other and respect each other in that way. And some of it, some of the conversations behind my appearance have been condescending coming from the other person. Like what? I was under the mentor of this person once um, a while back, a couple of years ago, and not even kidding. One of our first sessions, we were talking about success and like what it takes to grow your career and all that. And one of the one of the things that came up was my beard. I've always had a beard, and I had it much longer at one point. And it was like, well, let's start with like your appearance. You should you should trim your beard or or cut your. It was a cut or trim your beard. One of those two. And I was like, what? That's the first thing you want to talk about. I remember after like the fifth session, I dropped him as a coach. sent him a note saying, hey, I actually have a, a conflict. For this time every week, I could no longer meet because again, I'm non-confrontational. So I didn't want to just, and you know yeah. what? Like I blame myself. I should have given him the feedback, but mm-hmm. I didn't because now I'm kind of setting other people up for failure too. Maybe someone who, who meets with him in the future that may look like me may have a bad experience too. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it got to the point where like after the fifth meeting, I said, Hey, I, don't, I'm, I no longer want to meet with you because I believe that you should respect your mentor and mm-hmm. like there should be mutual respect, first of all. And I had no respect for that person.
1: And this was a like a like a career coach essentially, like for you to advance your career, yeah.
0: Right. This is a career coach, and I went. I've never had a career coach, so I went in there hyped about it and happy, mm-hmm. and then disappointment because it comes back to like, oh man. So this is this is never gonna stop, right? It comes to the point where you're just like, whatever. Like it's just never gonna stop. This is my life, and this is what I'm gonna keep dealing with, with people who may look who may not look like me.
1: I'm not even therapist, but let's just say the the therapist <laughs> in me is kind of like, I wonder if you're non-confrontational because you feel like people are already focused on how I look let me not add the fact of like quote unquote I'm too much I have an attitude I'm confrontational. all these kind of things you know what I mean like like it's almost like I only have three ways that I can display my authenticity I've already checked off three I can't add personality you know what I mean like is that a thought in your mind
0: man that's you ask some amazing questions
1: I wonder if uh, like if there's a trade if there's like an authenticity trade-off that people make as far as like, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna start to be confrontational, which is not a bad word. Conflict just means disagreement, right? right? But I'm gonna get a Caesar though, or like I'm gonna be confrontational, but I'm gonna shave my beard. I'm gonna be confrontational, but I'm gonna wear a suit. It's kind of like what's the max number of things you can display to the world? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Um, <laughs> I- I'll tell you this: it's definitely not conscious. I'm non-confrontational, but I'm not consciously that way. And I, 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 what I mean by that is, like, I don't, I don't really think about it. I just automatically yeah. ignore the situation. I never speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. I remember the one time that I did, um, the person called me aggressive. This is at a, at, a, at a job site that I had, and I thought, oh shit, okay, this is exactly why I don't speak up for myself.
1: Yeah, and
0: makes sense. I, I was the victim in the case, but then I felt like the aggressor after that. I'm like, oh damn, I kind of messed up. Because I, she, this person told me that I was whatever. And then I look at like the way we, I grew up and I'm, you know, his, Hispanic culture. I think a lot of people like this, not to group everybody in a bunch, but we tend to look at like women and perfect example, my wife has, she's going to scold me for this, but like, she <laughs> is no joke. Like you can't tell my wife, nothing. she'll, she'll come at you. Like my wife is confrontational. She'll give me that. <laughs> she'll give me the smoke if you want it. So I've you know grown up in a place where you hear like, oh, it's the angry Hispanic woman, the angry black woman, right? You hear that all the time. So a lot of us feel like we can't speak up because we already have that label behind us. So we're afraid. And that, in my opinion, it applies to Hispanic men as well. Black yeah. men, Hispanic men. It definitely applies. So I, I don't even think, again, I'm making the conscious decision. I just think it's ingrained so deep in my head that I'm just like, I'm I'm I'm, going to leave it be. I'm going to let it go.
1: Well, I Um, mean, I think this is a perfect example of, damn, am am I making up a story in my head around like how they're going to perceive me? No, I've tried it. They've told me I'm aggressive. You know? And (laughs) it's one of those things that it's trauma, baggage, experience, whatever you want to call it, but that one experience will carry you for the rest of your career until... You find the, the courage once again, but who knows how long it's going to take for you to to get over that experience to be a little bit more, let's call it confrontational. Um, would you be able to share a little bit more about the experience itself when you were called uh, aggressive?
0: I had a disagreement with a colleague. It was on a it, it was sort of on a, on a on a slack channel like we were having a disagreement there. And the reason why I was even responding back was because I'm typically quiet about things. I'll let things slide, but I felt like the person was making me look stupid mm-hmm. to something that I knew I wasn't wrong about. Anyway, a colleague of mine came to me and tried to kind of school me on like why I was wrong or this or that. And and maybe I was stubborn. Maybe I was wrong looking back. I still don't think I was, but this person thought I was and came at me like, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, you shouldn't be talking to people like that publicly. I'm like, have that same energy with the other person. Then, that person's coming at me the same way on the chat. Why are you kind of, you know? And Man, this is on I've, a
1: chat. It's not even in person.
0: No, this is on a chat.
1: Did you did you put everything in all caps? Like, how did you? How can you be aggressive <laughs> on a chat? Like,
0: what? Well, I yeah, don't. <laughs> it's that it's that passive aggressiveness of like, you know how like people respond to you through text and they put like period, like you know yeah. what I mean, like those kind of. So it was a lot of that. And 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 you know what? The, the the person wasn't even being like secretly aggressive. They were being directly aggressive. They were telling mm-hmm. me that or not aggressive, I won't even use that word. They were telling me that I was wrong for, for something. What I didn't like about it is like, why you gotta try to call me out in front of 15 other people in a mm-hmm. Slack channel? Like come mm-hmm. to me professionally, come to me if I messed right. up. I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes, but don't do that in front of other people. Don't make me look stupid like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I was it was it was it was kind of that whatever back and forth. And then my my um, coworker on my team came to me and told me that I was wrong. And I tried to explain to her why I felt like I wasn't. And then she was like, okay, dude, chill out. Like, stop being so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, here we go. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, you know, I apologized. And I was like, it, it won't happen again. And then I let that go. You know, and, and, and again, it comes from like me having that fear of like being called aggressive at work. Like, I don't, I don't wanna scare nobody. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to do that to you.
1: I've so. I've been there. I remember long story short, there was a coworker that actually raised her tone with me and as a response, mm-hmm. like I raised my tone, but you guessed it. I got the label. She didn't. Right. There you go. I, I wish at that time or in that moment, I wish I had the tools or the skills to be able to communicate my emotions, but I didn't. The only yes. response that I knew how to do was to do what she was doing right but i wish at the time i could be like i'm feeling a little intimidated because you're using a louder tone i'm feeling yeah. a little scared because it was actually like we were all in a van and <laughs> it was like five other people like i wish i could be like i i would feel more comfortable if we have this conversation in an open space not in a van anything right but my therapist told me People that use a louder tone are often using the voice of the unheard. Like, mm. she was asking me, like, yo, like, were you being aggressive? I was like, yeah, maybe. She's like, that's okay. Have you ever felt unheard by your teammates all the <laughs> fucking time? She was like, maybe you were using a louder tone in response because you felt like no one was listening to you. Like, what if I told my team at that time, listen, I hear you being loud. I don't know. Like, I feel like y'all never listened to me. So, in a response, I'm going to raise my voice, almost like warning them. And I'm not trying to like blame myself for it. I just think that. People of color don't often get taught the skills to label, communicate their emotions before we receive these labels that impact our career negatively, right? Because, yeah, I don't know. It's just unfortunate.
0: I, I've never learned how to give feedback. I agree with you there. I, I don't know how to it's kind tough. of... Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I'm I terrible at that. And I'll be honest with that. That's definitely my weakness, giving feedback. But, yeah, I think it's maybe like living my entire life with not really having to do it in a sense until a certain age. And then even at that point I felt like, Oh, well, I whatever. I just deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I also grew up in a, in a place where my mother, she worked at the same job for 35 years, 30, 35 years. So my mother was same. huge on like, don't disrespect people. Don't disrespect yeah. your manager, your boss, because you, you're going to get fired and you're, you can't lose your job. Like, why you know, and the authority there you go the authority like he has a right to talk to you like this she has a right to mm-hmm. talk to you they have a right to pull your hair and like choo-choo but i mean stay there anyway it doesn't matter when i mm-hmm. left that place that i went through that situation where the manager had pulled my hair my mother was mad at me she was mad at me for leaving she was calling me dramatic and this and that oh it's not even a big deal like this that i'm like okay just because you went through whatever doesn't mean i gotta put up with the ish you know so yeah yeah man it's it's you get taught to like well just put up with it is what it is that's just the fact of life and Um, that's
1: tough from like talk about i mean right we said it earlier like these experiences often we don't talk about them and i think it's because we don't feel like anybody would relate to us right we can't talk to our family because they've never been in the rooms that we've been in they don't have the opportunities to jump from job to job But also, your friends may have cool jobs, but it isn't this huge tech company. So even if you talk to your friends and be like, yo, what you complain about? Don't you get free lunch? Like, I, when I was working at at Facebook, I could only talk to my friend at Google about it. That's Mm -hmm. one person out of everyone that I knew. Which is like, and sometimes you don't want to just trauma dump on one person. So we keep that shit inside.
0: Oh, yeah. All my boys are still in the hood. Doing stuff they were doing 20 years ago. Um, I don't have anybody really that can relate at that level. You know, I met people at work that I'm cool with in, in tech and stuff or in different places, but not everybody has the same experience, you know? So yeah. obviously, you know, and, and you know, what's funny, like it's even, it got to the point where sometimes I'll have, like I'm, I meditate sometimes and like, I'm like, no, nah, it's me. I'm definitely the problem. I'm definitely playing victim. I, I complain too much. It's definitely me like this. no, nah, I, I could look at this a different way those thoughts definitely go through my head but as you said before like it's happened to you enough where you know it's not you somebody (laughs) somebody had gotten fired once for saying something to me and at that point i'm like all right i'm not losing my mind here come on
1: yeah
0: i'm sure a lot of people question themselves like damn is it me am i kind of complaining too much do i do i find the problem to everything just know it's not you like there are a lot of people that go through this and but you know it's it's hard sometimes to believe that, like even within myself, I tell myself that, but then I, I flip flop back and forth.
1: Your emotions are valid, um, your experience is valid, and someone could go through the same thing that you went through and have a completely different emotional reaction to all of those things. So whatever you're feeling in that situation is is valid. To to close, I want to go back to something you said earlier, around, I think you said like, yo, sometimes it's even just easier just to like assimilate, conform. Yeah. Like, if I cut my hair off, shave, I won't be the topic of the conversation. But you said yeah. something that stuck with me. It was like, but I don't do it because I know the impact of me being who I am. Like, people are seeing me in these spaces and they're probably thinking for the first time, oh, shit, like, he's doing it. Maybe I could do it. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah.
1: as you look forward, right, like, we're not all done growing. We're we're not all done embracing who we are, like, what's the one thing that continues to empower you or inspire you to continue being your most authentic self at work?
0: Uh, A couple of things, and I'll start with my daughter. First of all, she's five years old. Um, She's turning six soon, and my daughter is in elementary school. She's in kindergarten. And my daughter has really beautiful, long curly hair. And my daughter, not even kidding, sometimes comes back home from school telling me that, oh my God, everybody in school loved my hair. I live in upstate New York. People where I live do not look like us here. They don't look like me, they don't look like my daughter. So even she goes through that now. She doesn't have, she doesn't process it in the same way because she thinks, oh, they're just making compliments. And I hope it stays that way for a long time. But I think for me, it's like, I have this hair also to show her that like, it's okay to look different and still be like, good at everything in life. It doesn't matter what you wear, it doesn't matter how you look, it doesn't matter, nothing matters. As long as you're a kind person, generous person, and you try to be a good person to everybody every day, that's all that matters. And sometimes she'll like she'll describe somebody based on their appearance, like at school or whatever. And I try my best to be like, hey, like try to learn her name. You know, it, it's weird to kind of describe somebody you know, solely on their But again, kids don't know, right? They're just, they're kids, so they just kind of say whatever they see or whatever. So I think that's one of my biggest motivators. My daughter, like, I want her to grow up in a world, and I think she will grow up in a world where it'll be okay to dress and look however you want. Thankfully with the work you're doing and with the work, you know, that is happening in the world. That's one. Number two is because I've lived my entire life doing what other people want me to do. And as I said before, I still live my life in a lot of cases that way but I want to be able to control what I can control. And this is one of the things I can control. But I don't, I'm not like, let me grow my hair out to like stand up for whatever. No way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it for you? I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for me. I like the style. Uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it's something I enjoy. And like, I want to be able to do things that I enjoy. So myself, my daughter, and, and like siblings as well, my nephew, he wears locks. Uh, my little brother, he's trying to get into tech and my brother looks like me and you. So I think showing them that example is huge.
1: hint that wraps up this week's episode of the Quintuera's podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor, like, share, comment, wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. The only way that we're gonna redefine professionalism is by ensuring that these stories get heard by more people. And your engagement is going to help with that. Thank you. See you next week.